Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. My name is Nicholas Sacco. I'll be your host for this week's episode. Another great edition in store for you today. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Heidelberg Football Netball Club, Danny Nolan, as his side are flying in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 and are all set to take home the minor premiership. And we'll speak to the senior coach of the Darabin Falcons Football Club, Maddie Webster, following her side's one-point win over Greensboro in the, uh, I think it was, yeah, the elimination final at the Whittlesea Showgrounds on Sunday. A great finish, and we'll be chatting to Maddie about how that game went down, plus all the results from the weekend's action in their men's and women's competitions. And to help me do that, as always, it's Josh Ward. Josh, thank you for coming in. Always a pleasure, and yeah, massive weekend. We finally had finals footy, and I'll oh, definitely delivered. Can't wait to talk all things men's and women's footy, plus look ahead to another intriguing weekend ahead later on. So much excitement. We're really getting to that point <laughs> at the end of the season in all our competitions as well. Junior finals kicking off this week with the grand final next week. That's coming up really quickly. It's the last round of our winter nipple competition as well so we're really getting towards the pointy end and it's great to see that we've gotten to this point of the season again but let's head straight into our review of the action from the weekend melbourne greyhounds division one we'll begin with what the match of the day was up at Long reserve a really close game at many times between bandura and greensboro but the bulls just get over the line in the end a 14 point win for them, they were down by three points at the 14-minute mark of the last term, but they get up and kick the last three goals of the game to get over the line. They do it for Nipper Marshall's 200th. Luke Collins, the other co-captain, kicks the sealer in the goal square, and Bandura looks all but set to finish the year in a top three spot. So a very important win for them. The Barrett, well, they had a big high last week after defeating North Heidelberg, but... A disappointing loss, really, for them. They definitely had chances to win this game, and I know they had a lot less scoring shots, but I think they want to try to regain a bit of form heading into finals, you'd think. But Bandura, fantastic result for them, um, and it puts them in good stead heading towards that September run. Yeah, and they showed that, you know, I think Michael Ryan mentioned, dur- well, before the game and uh, during the game as well, to show that Nipper Marshall spirit of of courage, and, and they showed that, and... And a fighting spirit too. And they showed that throughout the match, particularly late on as well. It was, they did really do it for for Marshall, who, like I said on the broadcast, it's a great achievement getting to 200 games. Definitely not easy at the local level, particularly in the last couple of years. But a great win for the Bulls. It, it gets them back into good form after, I'd say, they'd gone, they'd been all right the last couple of weeks, but still a little shaky, particularly a couple of rounds ago when they lost to Hurstbridge. But, yeah, good victory. The Borough will be pretty disappointed. But also, they got to take credit for, you know, being clinical in front of goal, only kicking the four behinds and kicking 10 goals on the day. If they'd had more scoring shots, uh, they definitely would have won. But it was a great win for the Bulls. Luke Collins, just an absolutely remarkable game as well. Deserved a, deserved a goal, and yeah, it was thoroughly deserved, that sealer too. So it was it was great for him to step up alongside his co-captain, Nipper Marshall, and yeah, great victory for the Bulls. I think he's been their best player this, this season, Luke Collins, mm-hmm. and an outstanding leader. He'll take the full captaincy next year as well, so quite brilliant to see um, him playing the way he is um, to help get his side over the line at times. And as I said, it puts them in really good stead now to finish 
in the top three. And I say that because both West Preston and Greensboro, of course, suffering big losses. The Roosters in particular went down to Heidelberg by quite a considerable margin in the end. I don't think anybody saw it coming in terms of how big the margin was. 87 points as a result. And Roosters coming into that game in really good form as well. So it wasn't as if they were having the lulls they were having in the first half of the year. I think a bit of a reality check for Rob Mayorana's side. And we'll chat to Danny Nolan, the Heidelberg coach, in a few moments' time. But um, the Tigers, they, they look unbeatable. We've said that a few times this year. But um, especially heading into finals, 14-1. and one, They're two games clear on top of the ladder with three games to go. They've lost one game for the year. And that was only by a point. They haven't looked like losing since. And, yeah, it's hard to see them not winning a flag right now. Oh. But helps for Vandura because 10 points clear of the Roosters. And I think that top five might just about be set. Yeah, the, the top three definitely set. But, yeah, just on Heidelberg, this is this run has been remarkable. I, I just, yeah, I, I honestly would have thought it'd be a lot closer given, yeah, the Roosters had been in good form since, well, since they last met, I think it was five or six weeks weeks ago out of J.A. Moore Park, but they just absolutely took them to town, did the Tigers. Conceding only two goals is no main feat as well, especially whilst, you know, West Preston Lakeside are still missing and will be missing Ahmed Saad for the rest of the season. It's definitely no main feat when they have a pretty potent attack as well. So a seriously impressive effort from, from Heidelberg. And yeah, I think... I think it is sign up the the minor premiership for them, and it, it is hard for me to see them going down to any other side, include particularly in finals. You do forget that Ahmed Saad is such a massive loss for that Rooster side. I know mm. nobody is a one team, uh, one player team, but you know we've seen his brilliance before, and yeah, it's going to be a struggle to not have him in the forward line. Others will stand up, but it's going to be interesting to see when it comes to the crunch if they can get over the line without him, but. It is a wait and watch. But like I said, it looks as though the top five is just about set, even with the positions as well. The Roosters and Burrow are likely playing off in an elimination final. Montmorency and Bandura will probably play off in a qualifying final as well. And they play each other this week, so that's going to be very interesting as well. A bit of a preview for that one. But I guess the interesting Division 1 now comes towards the bottom of the ladder and mm. with some big results happening around the traps, none more so than the Whittlesea and North Northcote Park game at Bill Laurie Oval. And it was the Eagles. Massive, massive winners. 31 points in the end. And didn't even look like losing either in that game right from quarter time. And I think that might be enough now for Whittlesey to get over the line and stay in this division, which is a big achievement for them. A, because they were probably favourites to head down at certain times this year. They don't have a percentage of 60 yet. The next best is 65. But not only that, they've had a history in the last fair few years, Whittlesey, of going up in the division and then going back down and vice versa. So to see Whittlesey potentially hold their place in Division 1 for at least another year, um, it will do a world of good for their confidence. They're going to get a new senior coach next year and that's going to be very helpful for them as well. But for Northcote Park, well, they sit on bottom, on the bottom of the ladder and it's hard for us to say. We, we, we went out and saw them against yeah. McLeod who were a finals contender only up until a week or so ago and... They trounced them. They played some excellent football. And I know the Cougars have had their injuries at times this year, but this is a really dangerous game against Hurstbridge this week. If they lose this, they don't play another side around them for the rest of the year. And that could spell the end of their time in Division 1, which has been quite a long time as well in this top-flight competition. So uh, I think Norcott Park, they'll be a bit disappointed with their effort. And 
they've got a big chance to make up for it against the Bridges. Yeah, they'd be very disappointed. I, I, I'm a bit shocked that they're down at the bottom because yeah, they when they played against McLeod, they looked like a they did look like a final side and not a side that was struggling. But yeah, this result it just puts a dagger in the heart of the Cougars. I reckon it's you know pretty disappointing. Whilst they had moments where they fought back, you know they came back at half time, cut the margin to seven. It was you know pretty much all Whittlesey from there. They're just it's. It's great to see Whittlesey get up as well. And mm. I think, you know, it all but it ends potential relegation talk for them because whilst they might not win for the rest of the season, I, I don't, you know, I equally don't see Hurstbridge or Northcote Park pulling off a, a potential surprise and putting Whittlesey into, you know, bottom position. It's a great effort considering the losses they had in the middle of the season as well. You know, Jared Wade, Zach Malloy, I believe the... The Wild Brothers left as well. David Menon. Yeah, Menon, David Menon as well, who had a good start to life in Division 1. And, you know, without one of their better players from last season and Blake Watson, who's played, you know, predominantly for Sandringham in the VFL this season, it's a terrific effort from the Eagles. And, you know, they've been building towards a, a win against a side around them these last couple of weeks. And while they do get that much-deserved victory, and, yeah, I think... It's a great achievement for the Eagles. They'll probably, they, yeah, I reckon they'll definitely stay up. If they don't, then I'll be eating my wor- words once more. But it's just, yeah, a great achievement. We've got to give a shout-out to Jerron Murphy as well. He's kicked seven goals in the last two weeks mm. for the Eagles. It's been pretty impressive for them. Absolutely, he has, and he was a, had a big say in that result for Whittlesey as well. The other two results, and I know some people were probably thinking McLeod was still in with a chance to make finals. I think those hopes are dashed as well. Uh, a, a pretty big and heavy defeat to Montmorency. Not really too much of a surprise, just more, I guess, with the margin than anything. But, yeah, big result there for Montmorency, getting over the line by 92 points. And North Heidelberg bouncing back to form as well. They get a 43-point win over Hurstbridge. But the Bridges, again, at times made it a really close game. So they've been in some very, very good form. And at home against Norcott Park will be tough to beat. Yeah, they will be. I just want to go back to Montmorency McLeod. Don't go Bzenich. He, mm. I think he kicked five goals the week before. He kicks nine this week. I don't know if Gary Ramsey's put him in a bit of a different role, but if he has, it's, it's worked a masterstroke because he's just been remarkable these last couple of weeks and, you know, has eased the pressure off Paddy Fitzgerald, who, who also, mind you, kicked five goals and has just put together a remarkable season, 61 goals and leading all, well leading all comers in Division 1 at least and I think the second highest goal kicker in all the NFNL senior men's competitions but yeah, it's um for the Bridges as well, this is a, it's not a most disappointing performance, they'd um you know, they put up a pretty good f- a fight against North Heidelberg, and I was thinking half-time they could potentially pull off a shock victory like they did a couple of weeks ago against Bundura. But, <laughs> yeah, good effort from North Heidelberg, who, yeah, they um, they pulled through. And whilst it's not their greatest performance, a win's a win, and you take that any day of the week. Absolutely, you do. And speaking of wins, there's plenty down um, at Warringal Park. And we'll chat to the coach of the Heidelberg Football Netball Club Senior Men's Squad right now in Danny Knoll. 
Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Heidelberg Football Netball Club following their massive victory over West Preston Lakeside on Saturday afternoon, Danny Nolan. Danny, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today. Not a problem, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. You were facing a Rooster side on the weekend that was in some pretty good form. They had won three of the, or four consecutive games heading into that fixture, but you, you guys played as if you know they weren't even going to be a threat to you. Um, it's it's been that case for a lot of the season in a, times when you've played different opponents, and it's sort of been a case where you know you've been challenged at different stages of matches, but you've been able to get over the line and, and really put the foot down in the end. What does that come down to? Like, how impressive have you been with your squad and their ability to close out games like they have? Um, yeah, I think I think we've had our uh, an element of luck also. We've hit, hit some sides uh, that have got injuries at important times of games and probably uh, made our our scoreline look a bit better than what it probably was. Um, so there's definitely been some luck involved, but we've also uh, kept pretty fit. There's a lot of um, competitiveness within the group. So, um, well, it is, it is uh, very satisfying for sure when you look at the end of the day. You've got to be, have some, uh, a realistic look at it too. And, and sometimes, you know, an injury or two to key players can, can certainly go your way, which has happened, I'd say, a couple of games this year for us. I mean, I've spoken to other coaches in the competition and, and they've spoken about how even it's been this year, it's it's really been a year where anybody can beat anybody. But again, you guys seem to be the outlier for it and the fact that, you know, you've only lost once this year and, and the, the games that you have been winning, you've been able to win by some considerable margins as well. Are you surprised with how quickly your side have progressed? We know that this has probably been coming for the last couple of years. You've, you've built your team slowly and, and slowly, but, you know, to, to have you guys playing the football you are right now, you, you must be super pumped with how well your team are adjusting to the structures that you want to implement game to, on game day. Yeah, for sure. I think at the start of the year, um, coaches, uh, I guess, uh, hope their players will reach a certain level, but, but, but depending on whether they do is is uh, is is in the end of the day how you you will finish. So I think with our group uh, at the start of the year, I guess you say oh, I hope he'll he'll reach that standard. And, and so far, you know, the, the season they've been involved, the players have, but they've certainly worked hard to, to meet those standards. Um, and also, we've been pretty lucky with injury as well. So um, very satisfying for sure. Things that you see falling our way at the moment um, we do realise that you know the old saying a week's a long time in footy and it can backfire but our group's been really driven really bought into all what we're sort of trying to promote as a coaching group um, and it's a pretty happy time at the moment but uh, it's a matter of, of you know there's still a, a fair chunk of the season to go so we're fully aware of that also How do you keep that focus for the rest of the home and away campaign only a few games to go you look to have, have to have the minor premiership sewn up and, and of course you, you'd want to end the regular season on, on a good note I'm sure what's the key to keeping that focus to, to keeping those standards up throughout the rest of that campaign before we head to a pretty competitive final series yeah, I'd say uh, the, the, the the competition within, uh, you know, our, our seconds and 19s are, are all playing good footy, all sitting on top of the ladder. Um, they're pretty close group, like they're, they're mates, been mates for a long time, you know, the, our best recruits this year, or our best recruiters this year have been the playing group, so they've recruited their mates. Um, so it's pretty, it's a pretty close group that, that are sort of all in the one direction. We've got a pretty good attitude. 
Um, so I think keeping focus is just probably just going to be from within that competitiveness for spots, uh, given, you know, I think we've played 40, 42 players so far, which normally uh, alludes to there being a lot of injuries. But this year that's been some rewarding guys who are playing well in the seconds and thirds uh, coming up. Uh, so there's plenty of uh, competition for spots because I'd probably be happy to play all 42 of them in a final. Now, Danny, there's been plenty of great players this season as well so far for you guys off the top Sam Gilmore as well he's had such a remarkable season he's oh you could argue been tutored by an ex-AFL Ruckman in in Tom Bellchambers who hasn't played too much this season has Bellchambers had much of an impact on you know the performances that Gilmore has put up this season um, I think just that, that um, in the back of his head that there's always somebody probably chasing his spot. Um, Sam's a really driven character, a uh, good quality person. Uh, I'd say there wouldn't be, he wouldn't have too many enemies, so he's, he's a really likeable fellow. But, but also uh, training standards, doesn't miss a training session, sort of leads by example, um, sets, sets quite high standards for himself. Um, and then every now and then I just whack a challenge at him and, and, he, and he likes that sort of, uh, likes having that sort of um, goal uh, or challenge put in front of him because he's sort of he's, he's that sort of driven character. So his form's been fantastic. He's got a few challenges because that's one area in this competition. There's fantastic ruckman. I'd say nearly every club. So um, and and Sammy's rising to it at the moment. So uh, he's just got to keep focus for the next uh, seven or so weeks. And some of the younger players as well, you know, your, your Kai Kearns, uh, Ben Nikolovsky, who's played a couple of VFL games in recent weeks, uh, Charlie Wilson coming into the, coming into the club as well as Dylan Clark. How impressed have you been with the impact that some of those younger players, particularly the uh, particularly well, the players that I did mention, uh, have had on the team this season? Well, yeah, within we always rated them. You know, you, you, a lot. I'm sure a lot of coaches do. You know, you, you, you know they got talent. Um, they're certainly meeting the level that you know, I hope they get to, if not exceeding it. Um, again, it's it's through work ethic. They're pretty pretty driven characters. Probably just had to guide them along the way and show them what's what's sort of involved. But um, I'd say we'd have a, a, a ten or a dozen of those young guys that are probably slightly exceeding what we hoped. Um, but I'll probably need to go to another level if, if we're to, um, to be a real force in the finals. A lot of clubs in the Division One competition, their success comes from having a, a big key forward, and you certainly have one this year in, in Josh Minogue. He's been outstanding for you guys in, in 2022. He's, he's, I think he's kicked over 45 goals this year, and he's just been super impressive. He's like he's played, you know, 150, 200 games just in the forward and the, the goal squares alone. Um, you must be really impressed with his development. I think he's been a, a big key to your on-field success at the moment, and your ability to go go and find him um, when you need goals at certain stages throughout matches has been quite impressive. I think also the fact that you're not just relying on him solely. We went and watched your game against Montmorency and, it, and as well as Minogue was playing, it, it's your ability to find different forwards and, and have others pop up at different times that I think has been really impressive. Talk a bit about your forward cohesion and, and just how impressed you've been with, with this um, output this year. Yeah, well, Mino's been fantastic. He's, he's uh, yeah, all year he's probably been targeted as the number one forward, which I don't think he's quite tall enough to be that target, but 
Um, on the weekend, I think he kicked one goal, although he still played played a really good game. Um, so we we really don't have a focus on one person. Uh, we're pretty evenly spread through that forward line. I say through all three roles, to be, uh, all three lines, to be honest. Um, but. He can turn it on. He can turn it on in minutes, uh, Josh. But his defensive efforts this year is something that we've been proud of him about. He, he still does all the little things that you want from, um, you know, I guess you would call him our number one forward, although we just don't play uh, a role of having, you know, a, a number one target. We really try to sort of use all all six or seven avenues through there. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can, he can stay in this good a form. But uh, we know, like from the weekend, um, we we do have many avenues to go, which is which is really pleasing. And just one final one before we let you go, Danny. Obviously, you're a revered figure at this football club, and you know you've played many games and been so successful on field. I guess you could say it's your first full season as coach. We know, obviously, last year we had the the COVID lockdown, and that made things really difficult at times to you know get a bit of cohesion going. But you know, and I don't want to jinx it, of course, but it looks like we're going to get through a full season this year. How how have you settled into the coaching role? Has it been you know quite different to what you experience as a player? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, different personalities, different management styles. Um, I certainly wouldn't have liked to coach someone uh, with my with my attitude. So uh, I'm sort of being flexible with that, and I realise I had to change my ways. Um, I, I think it's my it's my home club. You know, like it's somewhere that I really love and feel passionate about, which which means I've got um, you know obviously a lot of history there with with friends and mates, and, and they've all been really supportive. I, lo- I like that feel of, of crossing generations, you know, the generation before us, and try to bring them back and make that good whole one club feel. Uh, and that includes, you know, with the, with the women's footy now, uh, and and my kids are playing juniors down there. So I really try to tie that whole one club connection in and make that important to the players, which is really working. Uh, really make you know volunteer supporters feel still valued um, so at the moment yeah the, my sort of my drive that direction's working um, but I think to, to help me I guess I am very inexperienced but to help me I think it's just been those you know those supporters around the club that probably were around when I played have been uh, invaluable uh, and the coaching support sort of really assisted me so that's probably made my job a hell of a lot easier um, yeah given yeah, relatively little experience Danny, it's been great to chat to you and hear about what's made Heidelberg so successful so far this year. It's been great to watch you guys on the field as well, and I'm sure you'll be gearing up for a very big final series in a month's time. Thanks for coming on, giving us a bit of your time, and all the best for the rest of the year. No worries, guys. Thanks a lot. That was Danny Nolan there, the senior men's coach of the Heidelberg Football Netball Club. Great to see the insights into the Tigers at the moment and just how well they're chugging along at this point of the season. We'll head to MC Labor Division 2 action and I guess it was an interesting game, uh, interesting week or rather in, in some aspects. I mean, the results of some wasn't really a surprise. We were sort of expecting some, some big winners at it around, but I guess the margins of a couple of results were, took maybe a few pundits by surprise. One of those being the important match at Main Street between Thomastown and Lower Plenty. This was a big opportunity here for Thomastown. If they could sneak a win 
against a lower plenty side that didn't have the Bardens at their disposal um, and that was still trying to fight for a spot in the top three. Well, and being at home and, and in good form as well, still yet to be the top five side this year, Thomastown. I don't think they had any better opportunity this year, but unfortunately for them, they went down in the end in a, in a disappointing fashion as well. Lower plenty just had them covered right from the first bounce and in the end it was a 47 point win for the visitors no Tyrone Leonardis for Thomastown he pulled out late Capici also injured throughout the game as well so it's going to be interesting to see if they can just get a team together I know they've had their struggles with this year Thomastown but they've got two really big games to round out the season and they'll still fancy themselves as a chance for finals they've got Panton Hill this week away from home and then they finish off the year with St Mary's at Watmore Park which we know could be the deciding game this year but I mean first of all on Thomastown's point of view I think they would have expected a better result really they had a similar amount of scoring shots but couldn't get themselves over the line um, but Lower Plenty on the other hand still pushing for that top three spot which they're very capable of getting in the next couple of weeks or so but yeah um, I guess <laughs> good for Lower Plenty and bad for Thomastown I know that sounds pretty obvious but <laughs> that's sort of the, the way that the game panned out it just it's remarkable how you know Thomastown, did, they should have gone into this game with a, a lot more hope. And no, they just... It, losing Capici, Anthony Capici and Tyrone Leonidas, those are two pretty big blows. But equally, Darcy Barden and Will Barden missing, those are two pretty big blows as well. But just to lose by that much, it's a, I'd say, a pretty dismal effort. Again, they were ch they were chasing once more like they have like they were in the middle of the season thirty down by five goals and you know it was just a little too hard and I think clearly there was a bit of a win down there you know the Bears they kicked I think it was ten goals in the first and third quarters evidently with the win well the Bears have lower plenty ten goals in the first and third terms whilst Thomastown only kicked I think it was the the five goals in the end so. The Bears, the lower plenty did take advantage of that, but this is very disappointing, I reckon, for for to, for Tomo. Whilst they're still hopeful that they can, well, still hope to make finals. It, yeah, it's a disappointing, but a disappointing blow for them. They would have wanted to put up a bit more of a competitive performance. I guess the rest of the results in the competition were pretty standard in a sense. Watsonia, 101-point winners over the Fitzroy Stars. They keep their finals hopes alive as well. It's sort of hard to forget. I mean, sorry, it's sort of easy to forget at times that Watsonia is still in the running for finals as well. And with games against Epping and Banyul to round out the season, they are absolutely capable of getting over the line too. So it could be quite interesting to see how that season wraps up. From their point of view, Diamond Creek, 41-point winners over Panton Hill. So they're still in the top three for now and just clinging onto that spot at the moment. But a big game coming up for them against Banyul this week. And Banyul, they're coming off a 63-point win over Epping away from home. So that will be an intriguing matchup as well. And Altham, well, 71-point winners over St. Mary's. We knew the Borough were going to be tough. Um, so we knew that the Borough was going to be a team that Alvin were probably going to beat, but we probably didn't expect it to be as much as it was in the end. A dominant performance from the minor premiers, and again, just about sews up their spot in the in first place this year. They've got a two-game gap as well, but Diamond Creek and Manuel at the moment occupying the top three spots. Diamond Creek and Lower Plenty just two points separating them. Lower Plenty have St. Mary's, Diamond Creek have Banyul. That could be the deciding factor in terms of a top three spot. 
Watsonia just one game outside of the top five. Thomastown six points outside of the top five. And Panton Hill officially cannot make the finals from this position. So it's down to this top seven, really, to see where the final places are. It's been such a competitive year <laughs> in MC Labor Division 2. It's been a joy to watch from a league point of view. But it's going to be hard to predict where teams are going to finish in these last two games of the year. Some massive matches coming up. Well, I think I might, I might as well do a bit of a prediction now. It is going to be hard to predict because... You never know in this division. It's one of the tightest, well, probably the tightest in in all of the NFL senior men's competition. But you know, I think I, I'd see St Mary's finishing in that fifth spot whilst they're struggling for form. I, I think you know, just it just it just Thomastown would be dis would be you know not heading into this their game in the greatest form, mind you. They do play, play Penn Hill this week, but I just think St. Mary's are a little bit better. It should be a close game between the two if there's, you know, if there's only half a game separating them, but I just think St. Mary's have just a little too much class. I think as well for for Diamond for Diamond Creek and Ban- Lower Plenty, I think Lower Plenty you know, facing St. Mary's and Diamond Creek facing Banyol. I think that is definitely a deciding factor. That whilst the Creekers will put up a great effort against Banyol, I have no doubt. I just don't think they'll get over the line, and Lower Plenty should do enough to defeat St Mary's. So, yeah, I, I think Lower Plenty will get that double chance, and St Mary's they'll probably you know just sneak into finals. Although, you know, like I said, you never know. I, I, I could I could be wrong, and I have a feeling I probably will be wrong, but. Yeah, it's all to play for in, the, in this last fortnight in MC Labor Division 2. So exciting to look forward to. I'm intrigued to see how these next couple of weeks play out in that competition in particular. Let's go to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. Again, another week where there weren't too many surprises. It was the top four teams playing each other and the bottom four teams playing each other. So definitely some influence, uh, sorry, some, I guess, significance in how those results were going to pan out. Uh, but South Morang, 70-point winners over Old Alvin Collegians, away from home as well. That's nine wins in a row after starting the season four and four. It's quite phenomenal to think how quickly they've risen. I mean, we know that they're capable, and we were talking at the start of the year about how they, they probably should win the flag this year, but to see them play the way they have is outstanding. So not only do they remain level on Lorimer with points, but they're only 2% behind them now. And they play each other again this week, South Marine and Lorimer. So the line's outstanding. Old Altham, that all but assures them of a, of a third or fourth spot finish for them. They play Kilmore this week, which probably decides where they do end up the year. So still an impressive year on a front from the Turtles. But I think if they were going to have a big loss like that, this week was probably okay because it gives them a bit of time to reflect and, and hopefully improve in the lead-up to finals because they've got two weeks to prepare now. But, yeah, monumental result here for the Lions. Yeah, this loss for Old Eltham, it's probably, you know, that fire starter that they do need. It's, yeah, it's a very disappointing... It's a very disappointing performance. Three goals, ten, which, you know, just... You know, pretty inaccurate kicking, but they would have, you know... They're usually pretty clinical in front of the goals, uh, the Turtles, but clearly, you know, South Morang defence once more probably would have been on their game that day. But yeah, just it's still been remarkable the rise that the Lions have had. But and, and yeah, I think they head into this game against Lorimer, you know, 
probably his favourites now, given, you know, they've won nine in a row. Their last game was against a, a side that will weigh finals, and it was quite comfortable in the end. But, yeah, this is this is a massive victory for, for the Lions and a massive confidence booster heading into this week. And then a really close game that it ended up being between the power and the Blues at Lorimer Reserve, and it was Lorimer that just got up over the line. A two-point win in a very low-scoring affair, but mm. it keeps them on top of the ladder at the moment. I think Kilmore can take some good things away from that performance as well. It could produce or start a, a really handy final challenge for them as well. As we said, they play Old Oldham this week, but important for Lorimer to win, but I think they're going to have to perform a little bit better if they're going to get over this South-ranked mm. side away from home this week. Yeah, I'm Honestly, I'm a little surprised that the margin was... Well, not the margin, that it was this low scoring. You know, both sides have some of the most, in fact, probably the most potent attacks in, you know, all of Division 3. And, you know, clearly it was a finals-like finals like game with all, mm. and plenty of pressure around. But, yeah, they're going to need to step up their game, Lorimer, I mean, which they definitely can. They've got, you know, plenty of star talent, Jacob Lawson, Jackson Cecil, just a couple of names off the top of my head. But yeah, this is um, a gritty victory, a victory that, you know, that they would have liked. And for Kilmore, it, um, it's a bit disappointing that whilst they kept up with the power, they'd be disappointed that, you know, they couldn't finish the job. And, well, yeah, it's uh, it, it all sets up for, well, these, you know, the two games between the top top four sides it all sets up for another big weekend coming up in division three absolutely it does so top four sides playing bottom four sides again this week in the competition so could make for some interesting results speaking of interesting results let's head to our women's review from the weekend some big big uh, finishes in the finals race we had the first week of finals so our elimination and qualifying finals took place at the Whittlesea showgrounds uh over the weekend and we'll start with winning edge division one women's in the Saturday second uh, sorry Saturday qualifying final saw West Preston Lakeside too strong for Montmorency one in the end 49 point winners as a result they kept the Magpies to just one goal and scoreless after quarter time to prevail really well and set up that clash with Diamond Creek women's one next week the Roosters still the only side this year to beat Diamond Creek women's one and you know finals is, is a different brand but the Roosters could fancy themselves after a comfortable result in the qualifying final. Well, they definitely will, I reckon. This is a massive victory, and I thought it'd be a lot closer between, you know, the two challenges to uh, challenges, I'd say, to Diamond Creek's throne as, uh, and well, equally Darabin, their their challenges to, you know, what, to Diamond Creek's throne, but not as much as, you know, the Roosters and the Magpies' first side. But, yeah, this is a seriously impressive win. I think they were kept goalless after quarter yeah, time as right. well. Yeah. So, a seriously impressive effort. And Montmorency, they're a pretty good attack as well. But, yeah, the Roosters, this is a massive confidence booster. And I reckon they will head into that game at Epping Recreation Reserve, brimming with confidence and thinking they could probably get the get the victory over the Creekers like they did earlier a couple of weeks ago. And for Montmorency 1, they'll face Darabin in the second <laughs> semi-final, and that's coming off an incredible victory for the Falcons. One-point winners over Greensboro on Sunday. The Falcons, they kept the Borough 
goal, uh, sorry, scoreless rather, in the first term and led by 10 points at three-quarter time. Then Greensboro <laughs> charged their way back home. It was very windy at the Whittlesey Showground. So you know, towards the right-hand side, there was a lot of goals happening on that end. All but one goal was scored on the right end of the field. And the one goal that was scored on the left end was by Julian McArdle of Darabin in the last quarter. And it ended up getting the Falcons over the line in the end, that one-point win. Um, they had a shot about a minute before the siren went. Greensboro went out of ends on the full. And then they were able to keep it in their forward line, but they just couldn't get that last kick on goal. And it meant that Darabin won advance to the next stage, which is quite impressive. Um, from a Darabin point of view. And we'll speak to Matty Webster in a few moments. But I think Greensboro can hold their heads up high. It's been oh. a great year for them. Oh, they could definitely hold their heads up high, especially after this performance. You know, I, I, I mentioned in preview for this as well. They, you know, they hadn't gone close whilst, you know, the margins had shrunk in their two meetings in the home and away season and grading plus... The Division 1 season, um, I wouldn't have thought it'd be this close, but this is a terrific effort from the bar. They shouldn't put their heads down because, yes, this is against a Diamond Creek, uh, well, a Darabin one side, which had been impressive all year long, and just to put up that that effort, it's it's a great one. But, yeah, they escape by the skin of their teeth. The Falcons had set up a big date with the Magpies, and I reckon that is going to be a very interesting matchup. We'll get to SG Print and Paper Division 2 women's, and it was a highly anticipated qualifying final, but again, the Panthers, like they did a few weeks ago, too strong for Banyul. 30-point winners over the Bears on Saturday, because only percentage really split these sides throughout the regular season, mm. but different story in finals. Altham keeping Banyul scoreless until halftime and goalless throughout the match to win by that 30-point uh, margin. Jackie White up forward again. Excellent two goals. Sienna gunning down back. Another best-on-ground performance for the Panthers defender. Candice Dyson and Jane Kahir, they were okay for Banyul, but they were kept goals for the first time since grading the Bears. So it's a pretty rare performance to see them the way they have. So... Um, bit of a reality check. They might have to just go back to the drawing board a little bit. But Altham, they had been on top of the ladder for most of the year anyway, but they'll advance to that really big second semi-final against St. Mary's. I'm very excited for that one now. But, yeah, it it is a bit of a reality check. And, again, it's an equally good reality check for the Bears. It's probably the one that they need. And, you know, it, they'll head into this game against, well, the Whittlesea. And we'll touch on their result a little uh, very shortly. But... They'll head into that game with a little bit of confidence, but also they'd be pretty downed after. Not the the greatest effort, but yeah, clearly, I just... I, I think Eltham had... Clearly have had the Bears numbers their last two times that they faced off against each other. But yeah, this is a terrific performance once more and showed why they were top of the table all season and finished in second as well. So and I'm very excited for their next matchup against the Borough. Well, the Eagles, they get through to the semi-final stage as well. They beat the Fitzroy Stars by 12 points and the scores were level at three-quarter time, making for a very, very intriguing last term. But we do see they were just too strong in the end. We spoke to their coach Jared Kendall last week about the excitement brewing at the showgrounds about their first finals appearance in the women's competition they get over the line um, and it sets up a really big clash against Banyul and they'll probably be one of their biggest tests of the year the Eagles but a fantastic year for them and it continues this week. Yeah it's a, a great achievement heading into this game whilst it was 
at the showgrounds, the Eagles' home ground. I would have thought Fitzroy Stars would get that victory, but clearly the the home the home crowd it, home crowd had see too much of a haven't seen too much footage of that game, but clearly the home crowd might have played a part in getting the Eagles over the line, and it's great to see them get up as well. They've had they've been terrific all year long alongside the Fitzroy Stars. It's disappointing to see the Stars exit because yeah they've you know done what Banyol have done come up from Division 3 and have been really competitive but yeah it's uh, the Eagle train just keeps on rolling and well Whittlesea fans will be hoping it continues to roll on past Banyol but yeah it's going to be a massive test out at Epping Recreation Reserve and then over to cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's it was Hurstbridge that broke away in the second half to win by 20 points over West Preston Lakeside 2. And it sets up that intriguing second semi-final against Mernda, which I guess we were all expecting coming into the back end of the year. And it was a great result all around for the Bridges. Chelsea Corcoran, the season high, two majors up forward for the Bridges forward. Sheridan Bennett had another terrific performance as well. Olivia Woods continues to try hard and do her best for this Roosters side. Another best on ground performance from her side's point of view, but just wasn't enough again in, to get her side over the line in the end. And then for the fourth time this year, Lorimer and Heidelberg too faced off in the competition. <laughs> and it was the power that turned the tables on the Tigers who they lost to only a week ago, but they get up by 25 points in the elimination final. It was closer than some expected, though. 16-0 to zero in the first term, but then the Tigers rally back to make it a four-point game at halftime. It was still only, only 13 points in the early stages of the last term, but Lyra went on to kick two goals to one for the remainder of the match, and they get up and advance to the semi-final against West Preston Lakeside 2. Ten Cowan outstanding up forward. Four majors for the power. Now only kicked six goals for the match, so... She was definitely an influence up forward, so quite an impressive achievement for Lorimer, who come up against the Roosters. Yeah, pretty impressive achievement. I, uh, I think Heidelberg too would have been confident they would, you know, put it up to Lorimer having defeated them the week before. But yeah, a really impressive performance from the power. A lot, the margin was a bit bigger than I thought it would be. I thought Heidelberg too, again would have headed into this game with confidence and make it a tight game. But, yeah, it's uh, an impressive victory for Lorimer and sets up an exciting first semi-final and a, another elimination final against the Roosters. It does. And speaking of finals, it's finals fever, really, in this women's competition. And one team that was part of it all on the weekend was Darabin 1 in one of the closest games, not just in the final series, but that we've had all year round as well. So... Great to see the Falcons get over the line. And what we'll do now is chat to the coach of the Falcons, Matty Webster. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior coach of the Darabin Falcons Football Club following their big one-point win over Greensboro in the elimination final on Sunday. Matty Webster. Matty, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time. No worries. It's my pleasure. Well, it's fair to say it was a dramatic last few moments in that game on Sunday, but the Falcons, they get over the line in the end, a one-point result. You must be so, so pleased with your playing group and, and how they finished out the game. Yeah, absolutely. There were a couple of moments there where we weren't too sure. Um, it was certainly a windy day and, and 
the uh, Greensboro had the wind in the last quarter. So our ability for the players to hold on and, and actually get a goal against the wind in the last quarter was just amazing to see and I couldn't be more proud of them all. Well, what was the message from you at three-quarter time, knowing that Greensboro had the win heading into that last term? There would have been a lot of strain on the back line, I'm sure. But um, as we saw in the in the match replay, your, your team were able to get over the line in great fashion. But what was the message to ensure that the Falcons were composed? Uh, we just focused. Uh, we told them to focus on the one percenters out there. It was the main theme for the day uh, and we just wanted them to, to bring them back to doing the simple stuff well and making sure that we were out there doing it all for each other. Uh, we knew it was going to be a grind and I know they all knew it was going to be a grind. Um, so we just wanted them to get out there, give it 100% and whatever the result was going to be, we wanted them to feel like they couldn't do much more than what they did and that's exactly what happened. They gave us everything um, and yeah, they just uh, tackled hard and and went for every ball and, and did exactly what we asked of them. We're obviously well into finals now, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you felt the season has gone in general. Obviously, we've had two years of COVID-interrupted seasons and it's made things very difficult for us to get games on the park across any level. But to um, finish up a full regular season and, of course, only have a couple of weeks left of finals. How have you found the year to be as a coach? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I mean, at, at times we've definitely still been affected by COVID. Uh, and it's been hard to get... Um, we've got two, a Div 1 and a Div 2 team. It's been hard to get complete sides onto the field. Uh, but now heading into the pointy season, I think we're feeling pretty healthy and, and pretty happy. And we're just um, coming back from having so little footy over the last few years everyone's just really stoked to be out there and being able to put some games together and have some consistency in their football and I think it's showing across the league in the sense that everyone's really competitive and everyone's uh, giving it 100% and and is so focused on on getting through this final series as well as they can. It's definitely been a very competitive uh, Division 1 season. It's almost been a case of anybody can beat anybody and I think we've seen that at times throughout the 2022 season. You've had some players that have had some excellent seasons themselves and it's great to see them shine individually as well um, and and have big roles in in wins that the Falcons are having as well. Who have been some of the players you've been really impressed with either development-wise, talent-wise or or just in general with their ability to play? Yeah, um, we've had a number of players of different levels come into Div 1 this year. Some have come from Div 3 and have just absolutely held their spot, done really well. Uh, Some of the very, very impressive players that come to mind, uh, one would be Chloe Williams. They're Mm. quite a young player, only 19, and they've been our leading goal scorer for the entire year. And Not only are they a ripper player on the field, but um, they're an incredible leader for such a young player. Um, and across the board we've had a lot of people step up as I said Um, the likes even coming to the back of the season with the likes I'm sure with Julia McArdle who played an incredible game for us on the weekend has just gone from strength to strength Um, and yeah two players amongst many that have just continued to to build up and improve as players but also solidify their spot in the team and improve the people around them What's been the benefit of having two sides on the park this year obviously it gives the opportunity for you know players to solidify spots in teams or or improve on their own skills but I guess also in general to see so many players 
come into the club and, and want to play football, it must be a great feeling amongst the club to have so many people involved. Yeah, absolutely. Not only does it make it really competitive for finals positions and for um, positions in both teams, but uh, it also is really uh, improved, well, not improved, but it's it's helped to create the incredible culture that we have at Darabin. Uh, we, it's one of the things that we pride ourselves on and, and the influx of players coming into the club this year has only uh, increased that. It's It's been a great year for Darabin on and especially as well off the field uh, and having two teams who are both uh, so supporting of each other and who want the best for each other on and off the field has just been incredible to be a part of. And obviously turning our attention to this weekend's game against Montmorency 1, who uh, went down pretty heavily in the end to West Preston Lakeside 1. But both teams have had some close battles this year, none more so than the last time you played the Magpies. And it was only a nine-point loss for the Falcons in the end. So the the competitive spirit is absolutely there. What are you expecting uh, on Sunday from your opposition? We know Monty is uh, a tough, tough team. Um, they're only going to give 100%. And even though they got defeated quite heavily on the weekend, we expect nothing but the best from them next week. Um, as you said, we've had some incredibly tight contests against them, which um, could have gone either way in both games. Um, but we're incredibly excited to put a very strong side on the field against them because we know we're going to need it. But um, we're, we're very confident we'll be able to get a win um, if everything goes our way on the weekend. Maddie, it's so great to chat to you and, and get a bit more of an insight into the Darabin side that you coach, but also hearing about the joys that your team are having uh, in the finals campaign so far. All the best for this weekend and, and for however long the season lasts for your team. So great to chat to you. No worries at all. Uh, great to chat to you too. Great to chat to Maddie Webster, the senior coach of the Darabin Falcons Football Club. They've got a big game coming up against Montmorency 1 this weekend. And speaking of big games, let's preview all the action in our senior men's and women's competitions. Josh, take it away. Oh, it is a big weekend. Let's, of course, kick it off with the senior men's uh, Division 1. Well, the biggest match there, I reckon, it's the relegation battle. Hurstbridge versus Northcote Park. Whoever wins this, they'll survive. Whoever loses this, I, I reckon they're done. I reckon their season oh. is done. That is... It's a big call, yes, but I, I just it'd be hard for me to see, you know, either the Bridges or the Cougars getting a win in their last couple of weeks when they're not facing sides around them. So yeah, this is probably gonna decide who gets relegated. Another big one, Montmorency Bunder probably is a, a qualifying previous. I think you might have touched on earlier, Nick, but mm. yeah, it's that's yeah, a massive clash out at Monty Park. Chance for the Magpies to make up for their early season loss to the Bulls out at Yulong Reserve, a short trip down down Grimshaw Street and Power Road for the Bulls as well. And I reckon they'll be pretty pumped up for that, especially after getting up last weekend against Greensboro. Uh, speaking of the bar, massive test for them. This isn't the match they would have liked to rebound on against the Red Hot Tigers. And while well, Heidelberg, they'll just be brimming with confidence now that you know the minor premiership it is all but sewn up i'd say and yeah it is a a pretty big week a pretty big week game at at war memorial park too between two of the original two of the you know 
all the clubs in Division 1 and the entire NFNL. McLeod, West Preston, Lakeside, that could potentially be interesting, but chance for the Roosters to get back into form. And we'll see North Heidelberg. Well, the Eagles did defeat them last year at the show at the showgrounds and uh, when when the Bulldogs start to struggle but that is a, a pretty big clash down at the showgrounds uh, Division 2 Banyol Diamond Creek that's a, a massive clash down at Beverly Road Oval uh, yeah it probably will decide you know if Diamond Creek do get that double chance and you know whilst Banyol they might put their foot off the gas these last couple of weeks I, I think they'd be looking to this is an opportunity as a potential warm-up for, you know, if they do face the Creekers come finals. And, well, the side that's only half a game behind them, well, plenty of big test against St. Mary's, I reckon. Two sides pretty close to each other, too. T- I think the th- already the second meeting this season between the two of them, third meeting in the last couple of years. And both of... Well, Lowell plenty have won both of them, and... St. Mary's, they'll still be pretty confident because this time around, it's out at Watmore Park. The previous two were out at Montmorency Park. So uh, on their home patch, they could potentially be dangerous. Other than that, Fitzroy Stars versus Eltham, top versus bottom. Uh, got a bad feeling about that one. Watsonia epping chance for Watsonia to continue their charts. And Ben Hill, Thomastown, out at Crack- a Cracknell Reserve. Ben Hill will put up a fight, but chance for Thomastown to bounce back after a disappointing performance four really interesting clashes in division three as well really excited for all three. First versus second third versus fourth fifth versus sixth seventh versus eight again perfect weekend reservoir Lalo, i'm really excited about that chance for you know the bloods to get their first win of the season they've been you know improving gradually all season and reservoir have also been improving gradually all season but this is a big opportunity for them to give the give confidence for their players heading into well, twenty twenty three and after, you know, some promising performances. I'd say these last couple of weeks, Hardenberg, Western Mernda, a bit of a, unfortunately, a bit of a dead rubber. But that is going to be a very big clash. And if the last two matches are anything to go by, I reckon it could potentially be a close one out at Hardenberg Park too, and a pretty high scoring one. Kilmore, Old Eltham Collegians. Elimination final preview definitely locked in, and I reckon this match, yeah, it probably decide who finishes in third spot. Out of JJ Clancy Reserve 2, chance for the Turtles to, well, essentially break their duck against uh, against the Blues. I think they've only won against them once in since they've joined the NFNL in 2019, and that was a really close game. And I think it's going to be a pretty close game. And if it's as cold as, as when we were there a couple of weeks ago, it could be a very low-scoring one. And then the top of the table clash. Out at Mill Park Lakes Reserve, the Lions and the Power. Two sides close to each other on the ladder. And geographically as well, there is going to be a, a lot of fire in this matchup. It's going to be, I reckon, potentially as good as the game you saw a couple of weeks ago between the the two of them, but it's a chance for, well, whoever wins this, they lock up the minor premiership, so it's a big clash, and very excited about the women's finals too. Yeah, there's some big women's finals coming up. I think all three qualifying finals are going to have a big say towards um, the premiers of each division. Diamond Creek women's one, West Preston Lakeside one. Big chance for the Roosters to make it another win against the Creekers, and that would put them in 
big favouritism to take out the flag in winning edge Division 1 women's. Uh, Altham St. Mary's in Division 2, that could be a massive one. And that's probably the grand final preview as well. So too, will it be likely in cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's, Hurstbridge and Mernda. The Bridge is the only side to defeat Mernda in the competition this year. They've had some really close clashes as well throughout the 2022 campaign. So, so much excitement in all those ones. And, and same with the first semifinals as well. Some some games that, you know, a lot of play, uh, a lot of people will be looking forward to. Lima, West Preston Lakeside 2, um, in Division 3, Whittlesey and Banyul, we mentioned before, uh, the, the clash in Division 2, and Darabin won, Montmorency won in Division 1. So, great matchups all round. And, of course, if you want to keep an eye and an update on all things happening in the NFNL, head to the NFNL website, nfnl.org.au. Also, a shout-out to our junior teams that are still in finals contention, preliminary final weekend this weekend. So, be sure to head down and support the juniors as well. Josh Ward, thank you for coming on, giving us some of your time as always. Always a pleasure. And yeah, just a sh- shout out as well to the women's. It's exciting that we're two weeks into finals. And if you're around the Epping area, mm. head on down and watch six absolute rip snorters of finals. And keep an eye out for my women's finals previews once more. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco. You've been listening to the NFNL podcast.